to Texans Unfiltered. And here we go, here we go! A Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am young Ari Gold, and I am here, as usual, joined by my friend and co-host, John Wade, the Garnet Texan. John, with this coronavirus and everything that's going on in the world, uh, what are the chances that your Vegas trip is canceled? I just had a uh, 22,000-person sales conference canceled that I was supposed to fly. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm beginning to think that it's a real possibility. Oh, Uh, say it ain't so. I mean, we'll make the best out of it, you know, like go to an event down in Houston yeah. that somebody I know yeah. maybe putting a lot of work into. God, too much. Maybe. God, yeah, I'm ready for this event to be over. And honestly, I, I don't know if I'll be able to do another event. This this whole, like, planning and, like, I'm spending so much time during the day. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, but that's a great segue. Uh, this event is on at Spindle Tap on 424 at 6 p.m. There will be Texans players there, current Texans players there. Um, and, yeah, it's really cool. Um, I'm, I'm really excited. Oh, I probably should have hit record on the Zencaster. So there we go. Forgot we got so many million things going on here. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to have everybody there. It's, it's, it's a great brewery. It's an awesome place. Uh, the link is uh, live on Eventbrite, so if you guys go to Eventbrite and search uh, Texans Unfiltered, uh, you should find it on Eventbrite. And just make sure that your uh, location is set for Houston. Uh, some people were having issues uh, finding the event on Eventbrite. You can also just go to my um, homepage on Twitter, and it's pinned to my profile. But, yeah, this will be fun, dude. I- I'm excited. I think uh, I think it'll be – I would prefer for your trip to can- Vegas to be canceled just because – that's how we roll, and you're there and I'm there. But uh, um, if that's not the case, then it kind of is what it is. But, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Um, it's gotten to a point now to where, you know, with who, the people I've been planning the event with, they're getting to a point to where they're starting to think that we can do a uh, ro- road games at a, another venue every time. Um and the venue's really cool. I just don't want to get into specifics of it. That's something me and you could talk off air. But, um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's fine. It's cool. You know, people are, are getting tickets. The, the the tickets are free. There's no cost to go to the event. So, like, when you go to Eventbrite, don't think that it's going to cost anything. That's not the case. Uh, but, yeah, no, super exciting. Super exciting stuff. Uh, shout out to no, me, I'm John. Sure go ahead. Go. I was just going to say, I'm sure it's going to be amazing. The, uh, the one that you put on last uh, for opening day, you did that in like ten days, yeah. which was pretty much ridiculous. Yeah, uh, and that was absolutely amazing. It's still probably one of the highlights of doing this podcast was the uh, the uh, opening day meetup this past year. So now that you've had a couple of months to put something together, I can only imagine what that's going to be like. Yeah, I'm excited, man. Like the opening game, like the opening event that we did last year. Like I think it was like forty eight, fifty people. You know, a three-week notice, I think, was – I think we started to talk about it, then I started to plan it. But, uh, you know, people flying in, people driving in from different cities. I, I, I just – yeah, it was cool. It's just nice to be able to, like, 
personally meet people that t- listen to us and, you know, we communicate with on, you know, other platforms. So to put a face to those people's names, uh, it's just a, it's it's cool to do. So, yeah, I'm excited. And there are some really cool things that we're pulling off, but um, there won't be free barbecue and there won't be free tits treats. Uh, this one was just a little different. I had to, had to wiggle some other areas, but what I did get was pretty neat. So uh, shout out to uh, Weave Dog. Make sure you guys go check him out. He is on YouTube. Uh, he does game streams. He's in our uh, Discord community for the new banners uh, on our stream. Super live, super dope. Thank you so much for putting those together. Um, pretty cool. I mean, we're, we're not good at this stuff. So when our listeners are able to provide us with cooler stuff for us to use, I'm all for it. Um, we are always very, very appreciative. Always. Very appreciative. Always, yeah. Hey. James sends me a text. I'm not even sure if my response went through because my our internet no. out here has been crazy. It didn't. But, yeah. I, I, no. <laughs> I probably also got it. I probably also got the uh, the tweet or the uh, the text probably, I don't know, like a day after you sent it. What? So, yeah. Dude, our internet out here has been absolutely crazy. The lightning hit like a transformer. Oh, God. So it fried it. And on top of that, a squirrel or something had ate the uh, cord that ran into the house. Mm. And so we had to get the cord we ran, we had to get a new modem, and the guy was working on the power line for like 30 minutes today. So, Jeez. Yeah. Well. Yeah, but he got it done in the nick of time for this, and hopefully that solves some of the issues we've had. Otherwise, you know, I love this community out in Round Rock, but <laughs> I may have to move. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's – uh. Yeah, your your internet has been a consistent issue. So, yeah, they need to fix that. They need to figure that out. Um, hey, so John, I didn't, you know, we didn't talk about this because we were trying to figure out other ways that we were going to do things tonight. But uh, what do you think about you and I doing a draft profile on each other, but not as football players, as as hosts? A draft profile on us as hosts. Yeah. Like I would do one for you, you would do one for me. You tell me what what round you think I would fall in, what my pros and cons are, what I need to work on for me to be able to be taken serious. And then I thought if we did that, because now that we're on Anchor, we can actually have our um, our listeners reach out and they can actually record vo- voice messages and they can create their own draft profiles for us. And we could actually use those uh, as well. I thought that'd be cool. I don't know, just an idea. It, it might be, but I'm not sure that that my pride can kind of take those. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there'll be some there'll be some people who aren't listeners that'll catch wind of this, and they'll they'll send some some shitty. Oh, oh, yeah. I also forgot we got to stop uh, cussing so much because there's a big sponsor. Um, like a really big sponsor that's potentially on the horizon for the uh, event. So we need to... Jeremy! Oh, I love Jeremy. Um, Definitely, Jeremy. Go for it. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I have a really, really big sponsor. They have... Or potentially a big sponsor. Way putting... putting the, what is it? Putting the hay before the horse or the horse before the hay? Uh, yeah, like a top five company in Houston. The part before the horse. There you go. Bang. That's why you're here. 
because I am <laughs> awful at those things. <laughs> Every now and then I have a moment. Yeah. Um, we just got to kind of roll with it. Um, and Jeremy, you know, yeah, definitely post it. Uh, Pat Storm's actually joined us in chat before on our inaugural stream. Yep. So, you know. And Pat's a good buddy. You never know. Sometimes he, sometimes he drops in. Yeah, he just landed, but he just got home from Israel literally like two hours ago, so um, I'm sure he's hugging the kiddos and wifey and probably not worried about any Texans news right now, but yeah, feel free to share it. All right, uh, so yeah, I don't know, just an idea, but I'd like to get the, I'd like to get that out. I'd love to hear what the listeners say about us, what our draft profile would be. I think that'd be really cool. I can take it, um, you know, I've had, you know, my fair shares of critiques and criticisms I think I could take some coming my way. So, uh, I don't know. I just thought it'd be fun. I, I just was trying to think of, like, different things we can do. And, like, I started to think about your draft profile in my head, and I was like, oh, yeah, this this could be really cool. This could be really cool. Struggles <laughs> with enunciation. Um, but, you Forgets know. names, but high upside. <laughs> <laughs> Has the motor that won't quit. Not bad for an undrafted free agent. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's get into uh, the news of the day before we get into our offensive uh, free agent preview. Now, I'll be honest with you guys. The offensive free agent preview is not going to be a long one because I don't see us spending a lot of money on offensive free agents. So I'm gonna, we'll, we'll start with some categories that we think are potentially areas that uh, positions that they could upgrade, that they, they could be looking at. But, you know, we're not looking at tackles. Uh, we're I, I put wide receivers on there, and that's more of like a luxury pick. Uh, I didn't put a center on there. I didn't put a fullback. I didn't put a tight end. Uh, I didn't put, you know, a backup quarterback. Uh, I pretty much put running backs, wide receivers, and guard. And the only reason I even actually put guard was because you guys seemed to be so adamant about cutting Zach Fulton that I thought we'd at least talk about it. Um but for the news of the day, let's start with two of the new contracts that were handed out uh, earlier today. Bill O'Brien, William O'Brien, general manager of the Houston Texans, slash head coach of the Houston Texans, slash capologist, slash offensive coordinator, slash offensive line mentor, slash everything you want him to be, slash. Uh, you know, Bucky, we're, we're about a oh, title God. away from him. Just changing to the Houston Bill O'Brien. Oh, I wonder what that logo would look like. Would it just be like a really big chin, just like the hole, just a single? It'd be like a picture of a volcano, but then you zoom it'd out be, and it's actually. It'd be the chin, but because it's still Texas, the chin would be a star instead of the regular, you know, divot. Yeah, that's yeah. Anyways, uh, so two deals were handed out today. Um, the first one was. Uh, Darren Fell signs a two-year, I believe it was like $7.5 million deal to return to the Houston Texans. At first, what up, Eric? Uh, at first I thought, okay, this is actually, this is good. I actually like this deal. You know, we both didn't pick Darren Fells to come back, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that we we thought that with Kahali and Jordan Akins and Jordan Thomas, like there's just no room for him. Uh, but then I just started to ponder and think, and you've mentioned it before. It's something that we talk about during the draft a lot is the fact that the tight end position is basically the slowest developing position in, in the NFL. 
typically takes anywhere from three to four years for you to start to see what you're looking for in a tight end when you draft them. So with that being said, you know, two years ago we took Thomas and Akins. Last year we took Kahali. He was on IR stash. So we had Darren Fells. And when you look at the offense and what Darren Fells' impact was, he, he was very productive for this team. And when you look at the deal compared to what his production value is, I actually have no issue with this deal whatsoever. Uh, there are people that are up in arms about this deal for some reason. Uh, but I, I actually think it's a really good deal for this team. I mean, they can get out of it out of the first, after the first year, so I really don't see a reason to freak out about it. Well, the NFL, we can get out of it whenever. Um, the reason I think that there's some... Hesitation? There's some... Has it, not necessarily hesitation, but just like hating on it, mm. is a lot of what Darren Bells did wasn't really appreciated. I would agree. Uh, one of the tweets that I saw, you know, out there and retweeted quite a bit was he had 10 more receiving yards than Ryan Griffin and two more touchdowns. So they both had 300 and something receiving yards, whereas Griffin had five touchdowns and Bells had seven. So the difference between them apparently is a DUI and a broken window, which is completely untrue because while there's a wide spectrum of um, opinions on Bell's blocking, they are all on the spectrum that says that he is better at blocking than Griffin. And I would even point out that Griffin? there's a couple – Ryan Griffin, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, just I'm throwing that out there because that's the treat the uh, tweet that I saw, you know, retweeted mm. um, about half a billion times, just, you know, sitting on, I'm sorry. I did um, earlier. Just, hate, <laughs> just hating, hating on the deal. And with that, what they're trying to say is, oh, Fells is nothing more than a Bill O'Brien, like, guy, so that's why he got paid. It's, he didn't actually get paid off his production. The one thing that, that is left out, though, is Deshaun's passer rating when it came to Fells was over 137. Oh. Isn't that – wait, did I say that right? The perfect passer rating is like 150. I think it's 139, right? Or 147 or something like that? Something like it's 140-something. But regardless, Fells, when you throw him the ball, he catches the ball. Yeah. Now, he's not a vertical threat. He's not going to outrun anybody. He's a big guy that is better at blocking than he probably should get credit at. But the thing that he's really good is he's, you know, he's a low post in basketball. You just throw him out. He uses that booty, pushes him to the side, and catches the ball. Which, and so, to me, that's what you want. Yeah, and there's not, another, there's not another tight end on the team that directly replicates that ability right now. Jordan Thomas. Hopefully. I mean, hopefully. He's yeah. got all the physical traits in the world, but he's in Bill O'Brien's doghouse for whatever reason. And, you know, we're just kind of hoping that he develops. And you look at number one uh, tight end out there right now is Travis Kelsey. No one knew him his rookie year because he pretty much set out his entire rookie year because of injury. No one knew him his second year because he played behind a blocking tight end and did nothing. And for the first half of his third season, still no one knew him. And then he just blew up. That's pretty much the 
pre-locked four tight ends. You don't know who they are. And if they don't catch passes, you never know who they are. I think with uh, with this situation, what I the what I'm looking at is I'm looking at the production over the potential, and I, I think that's one thing that people tend to get that we we tend to like really get hyped about potential of of players on the team. We don't ever see the potential, but we get excited that there's an existence of the potential, right? We look at Kahali wearing and we think 6'6", 262, water polo captain, ripped body, physical freak, and we assume that that guy is going to be the next Travis Kelsey, right? Not us, but that's what the fans think. The fans look at that and think, okay, we don't know what we have yet. I'd rather not pay Darren and run with JT, Jordan Thomas, Jordan Akins, and Kahali and see what happens. But the thing is that with what Darren Phil's brought to this team last year is known production. He produced when we needed him to produce. The other guys are still question marks. So worst case scenario, what happens is you have a solid vet in the locker room to help bring up your guys if they outwork him in camp and take the number one tight end spot, which if that happens, okay, you lose $3.5 million. That's really, that's nothing. I mean, that's, uh, that's something to us, but as, as far as the cap goes as a whole, $3.5 million is not stopping you from signing anybody in free agency. Right. Yeah. Haven't we talked about at length how much that we would rather have? Yeah, stability. Um, shout out to Giovanni. Uh, but stability, continuity, um, mid-level veteran players that, you know, we're not paying a fortune for, but we're paying a little bit more. And if you read that article that Texans Cap retweeted, I hate saying that word. Texans, I really <laughs> Texans Cap or retweeted. Re retweeted. Oh, okay. I just feel like I'm like stumbling over that word constantly. So, but if you read that that article, he talked about how the only team that has spent less is the Dallas Cowboys. Like Texans have cash. They have cap. Use it. They're using it now, and they're using it to keep players that have been productive and players that are building into a system. Because on top of that, what we have found out is not only do tight ends take a while to develop, tight ends take a while to get acclimated to any franchise unless they are purely a receiving tight end where they're a glorified big-body receiver where they aren't asked to do a lot of complicated things, which is about half the value of a tight end. If you want a, a big receiver, I mean, yeah, you – go pay Eric Ebron whatever billion, half billion dollars that he wants, which will probably be like $15 million a year. And he can't block at all. And he has no history with Deshaun. He has no history with the offense. Or you get somebody, you bring back Sells, who has already got a year to build on. He's just as reliable in the red zone. He may not be the speed threat Ebron is, but he's a better blocker. And, again, another year to develop, so he's going to look like an even better blocker next year. Yeah. No, I, 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 I agree 100%. I think, I think a lot of people thought that there was a chance that Ebron was potentially a target in free agency, and I think they look at the, the Fells deal and they think, okay, there's no way that we're signing another tight end in the offseason. The first thing that popped into my mind was Jordan Thomas is going to be moved to the New England Patriots for a fifth-round pick. 
Now, maybe, you know maybe it won't be the Patriots. Maybe maybe it won't be the Patriots. Only reason I say that is because they're always they're always getting tight ends. They're they're still looking for to hit on another one. Um, and I, I think, would actually say maybe that's Bill O'Brien. I think Bill O'Brien likes to collect tight ends. Yeah. I. I mean, last year I remember leading up to leading up to not roster cuts, but in the preseason there was a lot of conversations about Kahali, Jordan Akins, Jordan Thomas, Darren Fells. Uh, Darren Fells came in with the drops. People thought he wasn't going to make the team. Uh, Thomas was hurt in camp and never performed. Kahali was hurt a lot of the camp. Akins was was fine, and, and we were talking in circles about how, who we were going to keep. And then you and I even went through scenarios where there was a chance that we kept all four. Uh, and that was after, you know, obviously after Colin Gillespie was added, right? Uh, I still think that there's a way that they that they could keep four, and I still think that there's a possibility at the end of the day that they might keep four. They're not gonna they're not gonna IR stash Kahali, so he's gonna get some something this year. Um, if they don't keep four, I don't think they're gonna cut Thomas or Akins. Uh, there's something out there for them to get back. It may not be a lot, but there's something yeah. out there to get back. Uh, maybe it's something well, that we're, we're using to see how, in a package. Go ahead. That's how spring training also works stuff out, because the odds are somebody's going to get hurt. That happens as well. So it, it never hurts to have this many spring tight ends. Training preseason. I was like, spring training. <laughs> Baseball on my mind. I was Baseball. Just, I was just uh, going for it. OTAs. Um, but, yeah. Uh, all right. So th- there's our thoughts on Phil's. I thought it was a good signing. Uh, oh, how likely is a tight end signing a reaction to Ravens' success? Lots of teams going to pick up three tight ends. I mean, tip. I think if if we weren't always tight end centric, I would say that could potentially be a ca- the case. But this last season was the year where the Ravens really were tight end centric. Prior to that, it wasn't really seen, and we already drafted Kahali, had Darren Fells, Jordan Akins, Jordan Thomas. But I think you'll see this, right? I mean, just it's like the lottery. The more you buy the better chances you have on hitting. And this is exactly what that is with our three young ones. And I like Aikens. I still I think Aikens. That the uh, the uh, Ravens, their blueprint this year was building on the same philosophy that Bill O'Brien has with tight ends. One that catches, one that blocks, one that does a little bit of both. Yeah. And, you know, they they lucked into three really good ones. I, granted, I don't think they really luck into anything. They're just a phenomenal at scouting. But they got three good ones, and they got three roles that do, or three guys that fit each one of those roles. Yep. Now we potentially have that. However, we you know, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I still like Aikens better than any of the other tight ends on the on the team. Fair enough. I mean, Aikens would most likely compare closest to Mark Andrews. Um, he's more of the the catch guy. Yep. Uh, less blocking. Uh, Warren would hopefully be the both guy. And Thomas would hopefully be the blocker with a little bit of both. But we'll see. And, I mean, they still got to develop. And, you know, it's drafting redundancy. It's the one thing that we all talk about the Patriots and to kind of even talk about that um, Belichick article where he was out looking at a Middle Tennessee State linebacker. Again, you the Patriots can't draft. They routinely miss on drafting. However, they have self-scouted enough to realize that they cannot draft, so they draft redundantly, and that is a philosophy that I have hoped and I have prayed that the Texans pick up on 
you do not put all your eggs in one basket. Just because you picked one off, I mean, off, with the past two drafts, it looks like it happened. When you have a position of need, you go out, you get a bunch of them, and one of them shakes out. Yeah. No. I mean, if you try to fill every, if you try to fill every hole every off season, you continuously dig yourself holes. Redundant drafting, they identify two areas of need. They go pour a bunch of resources into that, see how it shakes out. The next year, they do the same. Yeah, like this year with their eight draft picks, they should take a defensive end with every pick. Um, the bot split defensive end and quarterback. <laughs> I mean, depending defense on what corner, happens in free agency, if we sign Roby, yeah, and maybe, I would still probably do that. Maybe another depth corner, but yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, get a freaking pass rush, and this team's a lot better. Uh, all right, uh, the second signing of the day announced by Sir William O'Brien. Was and this one really got everybody up in, in in an uproar. This is this is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life uh, or seen. Uh, Kaimi Fairbairn signs a four year deal, and oh boy, did he set us back! Uh, Seventeen million dollars over four years. Okay, so that's three point six five per year. Four I guess we can't resign Tunsil now. Tunstall's out of the question. Deshaun yeah. likely will be franchised. Um, you know, we just we don't have we don't have cap space anymore. Here's the kicker: they gave him nine million dollars guaranteed. <laughs> so for everybody out there um, planning, here's the kicker. Yeah. So for everybody, throw, throw, throw away your free agent uh, wish lists. Throw away any of the guys that you wanted to resign on the team. All that, that's gone. You can't do it now. Uh, Kaini sent us back. But the best part about it is we have a above-average kicker. And to some of you, a below-average kicker. Um, for the people that don't watch, uh, the people that just remember a miss here or there, as if every kicker is supposed to go... 39 for 39, but uh, anyway, I like the deal. You know, once once Anger learned how to hold the ball. Yep. Well, I got an interesting stat. There were no more misses. I have an interesting stat. Shout out to our boy Jason Braddock, who is the homie, and always gives us the interesting stats that I'm looking for. So Kaini started off 2019 with a brand new holder. That new holder, also uh, the long snapper, also had to get used to an all-new holder and Brian Anger. So John Weeks had to get used to Brian Anger, or John Weeks had to get used to Brian Anger. Brian Anger had to get used to uh, Kaimi. Kaimi had to get used to Brian Anger holding balls. So in the start of 2019, Kaimi was 23 of 28 for extra points and 13 of 18 on field goals. After that. And the last half of the season, he was 24 for 24 with extra points and 10 for 11 on field goals. Not sure if that's average. I understand that, you know, you're looking at some of the some of the people that are, you know, uh, I don't know what kick. I can't think of one kick where I'm like, oh, we lost the game because of Kaimi last season. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the season is so far back, but... I can't remember a game where I'm like, damn it, Kaimi, you lost us the game. I mean, he didn't miss any game winners, right? I can't think of a single one. Any of the viewers? I remember being frustrated with him, but sure, I at the don't remember. 
But we, we realized that I remember it was the anger. We remember, we, we watched, we saw it was anger, bad holds. I mean, arguably, did he miss one during the Saints game? Uh, no. I don't think so. I gotta go pull all this up. Hold on. We need a stack. I, well, I remember he got, he missed one, but then put on the best acting job ever to get another kick. But did he miss one and not get a re-kick? I can't remember. Let me pull up his Dang, I'm the one that usually knows this stuff, too. All right, go ahead and keep talking. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Um, but, no, I mean, we're bringing back Care Bear. I know everybody in the stands loves to yell Care Bear. And, it, again, he's a solid kicker. Um, he went from being slightly below average got used to the uh, holder, and then he went to be an above-average kicker. And he's shown improvement every single year. He has shown ad- more than adequate leg strength. And at one point, he was on a stretch where I don't think he missed one within inside, inside the 40 the last end of the season. So I was having a kicker, you know, and more importantly, we, I don't know how we glossed over it, John Weeks will be back as well. So you've got Weeks, Anger, and Fairbairn all under – under contract for the foreseeable future, which means that should not be an area of worry. So no more missed kick. I, I can't find the individual game stats. Finding kicker stats is not the easiest <laughs> thing to find. Uh, but also, I don't think anybody really cares other than you just you just want to fuss about something, and it's easy to fuss about a kicker. Yeah. It's easy to remember that a kicker missed one event at some point at some time. So, obviously, I hate this kicker because, you know, he wasn't 100%. And you want to see what life's like with bad kicking game? That's it's probably the reason we were able – yeah, it was probably the reason we were able to hold off the uh, the Titans because they easily get another win or two um, if they had somebody to kick. Yep. At least when we lost, we lost the – defense played like crap, or the offense just didn't show up, or just John had a bad game. We know why we lost, and it's we're not going and looking at the uh, the kicker and thinking that our offense played well enough to win, our defense played well enough to win, but our stupid freaking kicker. Because that never happened. Well, yeah. It happened a lot for the Titans. Look, I like the deal. The uh, Bears. I, I like Kaimi. You want to have consistency at, at as many positions as possible, especially when you have somebody who's above average starter. Uh, Kaimi was fine last year. Uh, we we signed Anger. We're signing Weeks. Like they're keeping that entire process together, which is only going to be better for the team. I mean, there's no reason for you to not sign Kaimi unless you just wanted to franchise him, which I thought was the real possibility. But he's the fourth highest paid kicker. If you're going to pay anybody in the top five of the league at any position. The one position that you would be okay doing it with and not hurting the cap is literally your freaking uh, field goal kicker, okay? Your kicker. He, he's the guy, okay? Because it was $17 million over four years, all right? It's nothing. It's not stopping us from doing anything. So chill, just chill. It's just a kicker, he's, and he's good. He's really, and, he's, and here's the part that people don't like to talk about. He's really good on kickoffs. Really good. Wait, that's a a part of the game still? Yes, that's still a part of the game. He's able to kick it out and not have people return. And he's also able to, like we did against the Patriots, keep it in but keep it high to minimize the return, right? Those are things that 
you want your kicker to be able to do, and Kainey can do it. So I, I, I just, I don't know, man. I get it's the off season. I understand there's not a lot of Texans news. You guys all have your individual Twitters, your, you know, Texans dailies, underscores, or whatever it is. You guys got to have content. That's great. I get it. Build your following. A lot of you do put out good stuff. But, dude, find the right stuff to complain about. Like, signing Darren Fells in a kicker, it just it doesn't make any sense. It, anyways, all right, let's get on to the next subject. So those are our kickers for our, our kickers. <laughs> That's the kicker for today. Um, Tyron, oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, okay. Uh, now I see where we're going with this. All right. Let's get to the draft picks as comp picks were announced today. Uh, Tyron Matthew turned into the number one comp pick. Who would have thought? Uh, we got a third-round pick for that, uh, number 97th pick overall. Two additional seventh-round picks, 248 and 250, and Kareem Jackson's DUI dropped his comp pick from the third round to the seventh. Now, here's the biggest issue with this entire situation that we do need to talk about. The fact that C.J. Mosley played two games for the Jets but was able to give – uh, Baltimore a third round pick but Kareem Jackson misses the last four games of the season and all we get back is a seventh there's an issue with the process of how compact comp picks are processed that should not be the situation that we're in right now we should have an additional third for Kareem no I part of me wonders if he had set out the first two games of the season if we would have still gotten in the third round pick but because he chose to sit out the last two we're the ones that we're the we we actually suffer more than he does. Yeah, the comp pick would have been a third rounder if he doesn't get a DUI. Yep. So you punish a franchise instead of a player or the franchise that's, he's yeah, that's responsible for him. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of messed up, and I mean, K. Jackson didn't purposely do it. To mess with us, but dang, dude, that's how you get back for not getting your uh, your goodbye phone call. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, he's not, not, I'm not going to imply that he did it on purpose, but no. that's his sweet little bit of karma, you know. The the face of the text, or not necessarily a face, but you know, he's a solid team player, yeah. drafted, all loved him, and not even to get a goodbye. Yeah. So there's there's the karma in it. Yep. All right. So uh, as far as draft picks go for the upcoming draft, we have uh, one second, one third, one four, or two fourths, one fifth, three sevenths. Um, so stop recording. No, I, I deleted it because I figured like, what's the point if I'm gonna have to go in there and edit the beginning to add to it? <laughs> so we'll do it again next week. Fair enough. Uh, uh, so now, so we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight picks. Three of them being seventh picks. You know, not the best, but hey, if you wanted to turn those three sevenths into a fourth or fifth, maybe, um, you could do it. So I mean, there's there's a lot of flexibility in the draft. A lot of uh, a lot that we could potentially offer. Uh, to move up and grab a player that we're looking at. I, I don't see a way for us to get into the uh, – whoa, John's confusing me while he's typing. Um, we have two-thirds? Yep. No. Okay. No, one of them's going to Cleveland, and the other one went to the Raiders. Oh, yeah. Um, anyways, uh, back to – 
John not distracting me by adding fake news to my agenda. Um, so, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of draft picks. A, a lot of mobility can happen. I don't know. I doubt that we'll go into the first round. But if they did want to move into the top end, the back end of the first round, they have enough ammunition to be able to do so. So if there is a pass rusher that falls, they could do it. Uh, I, I did find it interesting. Did you read Rivers and McCown's um, latest Yannick in Ngakwe uh, article that he wrote earlier today? Yeah, he's just getting my hopes up. Yeah. There's no way Jacksonville changed, trade him in division. All his points were very valid. They I were. agree with everything he said. Yeah. Um, it makes sense. It's the type of target that Bill O'Brien would go after. Again, yep. Bill O'Brien begins in overpaying for things that he believes are necessary. If you're able to pull that off, convince um, JJ to play inside, it makes all the sense in the world. Um, it would do an absolute number on improving our defense. But Jacksonville's not going to trade them in division. It just, I, I cannot see them doing it. Because even it, it would be one thing if it's a player that they thought we would only be able to hold on for one year. But if we parted with the assets that it would take to get him, you know we're going to re-sign him. You know they'd have to deal with him for several years. And it just no, no matter who's in charge of the Jaguars, they cannot be that dumb, right? No, I would I would agree. I just think that uh, I thought it was interesting that he didn't mention that aspect of this of, as far as trading him in the division. That was didn't I don't think that was mentioned in the article at all, and I thought that was strange because. Rivers is pretty detailed when it comes to that kind of thing, so I, I didn't see that when I read the article. But um, yeah, I, well, I, I think he made he made, he alluded to it because he had talked about how uh, Bill O'Brien and Marone were friends, so that may allow Marone to overlook the division, and he kind of knows that that Bill O'Brien will overpay. Those were the two things that he was hoping the friendship and Bill O'Brien overpaying would offset the division. Yeah, no, I mean, I would be fine with it. I'd give up the second-round pick and then get Yannick and pay Yannick. I'd be fine with that, actually. I wouldn't be upset. Uh, that, that, Yannick's, oh, I'd, be, Yannick's, I'd be happy with that. Yannick's going to be better than anybody you get in the second round, um, and he's going to impact the game immediately. So uh, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I just don't see it. I, I think I think Trader Bill is somewhat gone for a little bit. I think – I think what we saw last year with with Bill O'Brien, I think I think fans are are thinking that they're going to expect from him moving forward. And I think what you need to realize is when you look at Bill O'Brien and what he did last offseason, a lot of that was him just cleaning up the mess he felt Brian Gaines left for him. So it's not it's yeah. not hey, Bill O'Brien is going to trade all draft capital moving forward and he's always going to be looking to make a move. That's not the case. I think it's more about he needed to add pieces that he felt were necessary for this team to compete, and he saw a couple windows that he could actually get those things done. Duke Johnson, Gary Conley, Larry Tunsil, Kenny Stills. I don't expect that to be something that he is going to be known for moving forward. No, I agree with you. Bill O'Brien was the... um you know, when there's a group project and one guy doesn't do anything, so somebody else last second has to try to pull everything together, you know, like you putting on an event. Um, I don't do anything, and you just put it all together. Uh, that was Bill O'Brien. Um, normally, he's not going to be like that. Normally, he's going to hopefully plan things out a little bit better, but he was trying to make up for lost ground with what, how he felt Brian Jane was running the organization. 
Yeah, I agree. That's exactly what it was. Um, and, and to put the Trent Williams stuff to bed, I know a lot of people are saying we're interested in Trent Williams. I just I think that's another I think that's the media reacting to the fact that they saw Bill O'Brien make all these moves in the off season and or I mean in, at the end of the off season and in the regular season that they're just assuming that the Texans are bidders and I just don't think we are. Now, is there a situation where maybe Lermie Tunsil shipped off to Washington and Trent Williams? I, I I don't know. I mean, I think it's far-fetched. I don't think it's something that they're entertaining there at NRG, but I've been wrong before. I if we get a first round pick back, if we get let me ask you this, John, if we get a first round pick back and Trent Williams, you know, there's some there's some logic to it. Like I get where the rumor is based, so it's not the most asinine thing that I've seen on Twitter. The craziest thing that I've seen on Twitter was us shipping off uh, Tunsil and Deshaun and going after Brady and Williams. Like I'm just like, wait, what? Like so. Just based on around belief that Bill O'Brien would love to reunite with Tom Brady, and this would be his final, you know, down in Houston. Yeah, that's that. A is not happening, and I hope that that was sarcasm when whoever put it out there because they're trying to just compare it to us trading Tunsil to get Williams. Like, just it's no, it's not going to happen. Now, they're. <laughs> You can you can rationalize it. Tunsil for Williams in a first round pick. You can rationalize it. I see why it would you can talk yourself into it. But it's no, it's not happening. It's not. Um if it if it if it does that uh, Tunsil won't be a part of it. That'll just mean that Titus Howard moves to the inside at right guard and Trent plays right tackle. Uh, but I don't see a scenario where you just traded two first-round picks for Laramie Tunsil and you ship them off to Washington to pay a 31-year-old. I, I just don't see it. I just don't. Logically, it just makes zero sense as to trading Tunsil for Williams. Um, but uh, If Williams was on a team-friendly contract, maybe it would make sense, but he's going to ask for $20 million as well. Yeah, well, originally so you got – Originally, Tunsil asking for 22 versus Williams asking for 19 to 20. Yeah. Pay the extra 3 million. Keep Tunzel. Keep him around for a decade. It's funny because originally when Trent Williams was granted the request, reports were coming around that he was was not asking to for a new deal and was not asking to reset the market. But then four days later, now he's all of a sudden wanting to reset the market. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know how which one to believe, but. Uh, he said that he was looking for more security more than anything, not not like being the highest paid, but whatever. All right. Uh, do you think that we'll be able to trade BMAC during the draft day? Drowns cut uh, Kirk and Raiders cut uh, to hear Whitehead too. Do you guys think we'll go after go out free agent to get one of those guys? I don't think that we'll sign a linebacker unless it's Dylan Cole. Uh, and if we do trade BMAC – the only scenario I actually saw BMAC being traded was to Washington in a Trent Williams package. If we were to trade, uh, we'd give them steady linebacker that they don't have. They have the cap that they can absorb that. And I think, you know, we add like a third round pick, but I just, I'd still, I tried to convince myself that that would be the case and I just don't see it. I do think that we'll try to move BMAC. I just think his contract's going to be hard to, uh, it, 
it's either going to be one of those things where we ship off VMAC and don't get a lot of value, and the value, like from a pick perspective, the value really is the money coming off the books more than anything. Um, yeah. But I just, I still don't even, I don't know if I see that. I, I know that it's out there, and I know it's there. If there's people calling about him, but I just, I don't know. I think it'll all depend on the Watson and Tunchel deals. How much longer VMAX protects them? Now, to me, it's not even a um, Kirksey over from Cleveland that I liked. It was Woodyard. Um, he was a better coverage linebacker. If you pair him with Cunningham, that makes sense. And then go over Whitehead and, and tear Whitehead and have a rotation with the three of those. And I think you can do that pretty cost-effectively. So I don't disagree with it. I, but... I just I think that a lot of what Bill Bryan has said about his guys, and right now McKinney is still one of those. He's one of his guys. Yeah. And if they're forced to move him, I can see him do it. But I don't think they're going to get the value that they think that he is worth at this time. I would agree. All right, let's get into free agency because we're actually 45 minutes in already and we haven't even gotten to our offensive free agents, which is great. It gives us 15 minutes to go after it. So – what do we need? What do we need? Um, another one. Okay, so John put this. So, I'll, I'll, John, I'll let you run with this because some of this I disagree with. So I'll let you run with what do we need. What do we need? Um, so that's kind of the thing on offense. Offense, I honestly believe that we're in a position where we just kind of need to develop. Um, and it's kind of depending on what they decide to do with Will Fuller. So the first one that I wrote down was another wide receiver, and I forgot the question mark ah. because that is the Will Fuller question. Yep. If Will Fuller is really in the doghouse for not being able to stay healthy and the Texans are just over it, then we need another receiver. If Will Fuller isn't in the doghouse, I think that having Hop, Fuller, uh, Kiki, and Stills can be developed into a very solid receiving core. And I think Stills is just going to – I think he's going to explode next year. I think he's going to be even better than he was for us this year. And, I, and he was, you know, very good for us this year. So wide receiver is something that is constantly floated out there. Everybody wants the next speed guy to replace Fuller. And this is one of those where a rational coaching staff, you, play, you pay Fuller his fifth year and you just let it roll to kind of see how it goes. Because he's not just a speed guy. You can't just go out there and find somebody that runs a 4-2 or a 4-3 and drop them in and expect them to replace Will Fuller. We, as rational friends, not even rational fans, let's, let's be honest, we're not rational. But us non-Bill O'Briens can see that. Now, Bill O'Brien is just beyond mad and Fuller is just never going to be able to stay healthy. And he's on the outs because he can never stay healthy. Then we try to move Fuller, we try and get a draft pick, and Fuller turns, of course, will turn into an Ironman next year, and he'll play all 16 games. And there's no value that we could have possibly returned that would be worth Fuller. However, we would at that point have to go out and get another receiver. And, I mean, maybe Robbie Anderson up in New York, maybe. And that's just kind of depending on the direction they want to go, if they want to use Stills as a speed guy. Because remember, Stills is a deep threat. He just didn't have that chemistry with Deshaun because, you know, we traded him for him the day before the season started. So we'll see. I don't 
really foresee them going after a receiver because I would rather keep Fuller. The next two, I believe, are the only two definitive needs that we have. Without a doubt, we need another interior alignment. And this isn't because I believe we're going to cut Fulton. I believe it's because we need to develop somebody behind him. Because I don't think we'll bring back Calmente. Greg Mintz, I mean, I mean, he's a fan favorite. <laughs> I mean, seriously. He was a fan favorite for when we needed him at center, but after that, he hasn't really been much of a fan favorite right. since Nick Martin decided he, to be a top-five center last year. He played well when when uh, Martin first got hurt, yep. and then he became a fan favorite when our offensive line was trashed. And we're like, hey, this guy played well when Martin was out. So, Again, I get why he became a fan favorite, but let's be honest. When we were thinking that Mance was a solid offensive lineman, he had no competition. Yeah, now, no, if he was just as a backup center, yeah, he's a, he's a great backup center, but if we're looking for him to be also our backup guard, eh, we, need, we, need, we need something more. Okay. Um, what else, do we need? else Just to develop him. And running backs. And I'm, I do not believe in spending a lot of money on running backs but I think that we should go out there and get a couple of veteran guys as competition. Okay. So so let's start with running backs. So right now we have Karan Higdon on the practice squad, right? Is it him or Crockett? It's Higdon. Um, Higdon. Then we have uh, Duke Johnson. Yep. And those are the only two running backs I believe we have on the roster currently. Correct. Now, Duke is not your three-down back. While I think that he potentially could be, uh, he is not, and he won't be. So you're in need of a Carlos Hyde-type running back uh, to come in and, you know, lead the charge. So what I wanted to do was go through and tell you exactly who we're not going to (laughs) sign. So we're not going to sign Derek Henry. Um, Just about we're not going to sign Melvin Gordon. Uh, those are, uh, those are really the only two big ones, and there's really not that many. I'm got, we're not signing Kareem Hunt because even though I don't believe that he truly like beat a woman, um, he kicked her, he pushed her away with his foot. However, you want to categorize it, uh, they're not bringing that to Houston. So Henry Hunt and Gordon, I believe, are out. I don't think they're going to spend. I don't believe they're going to spend Le'Veon Bell-type money on a running back. I just don't. Could be wrong. I just I can't see it. I can't see him doing it. No, depending on the type of money that they're willing to pay. Like, what would I'm be the max you idea. would pay? What would be the max you would pay for Derrick Henry? Oh, I'm not paying. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not paying for Derrick Henry. But what would be the max? Oh, you don't want you wouldn't like Derrick Henry on this team. I would like him on the team, but I'm not paying for him. That's what I'm asking. I'm not, I asked you, what would you pay? Like, what is your top dollar? Like, this is where you cap out. What would be the max you would pay? Seven. Here's the for running backs. I mean, I just I firmly believe and having a, a stable of running backs, having multiple. And with that... But you're Bill O'Brien, you're not you. Think of think of your Bill O'Brien. Don't think of your stable. Think about this team adding a 
lead back, what would be the value, what would be the max you would pay? I don't I don't want to. <laughs> You're not very good at this thing that we do. We, we, no, there's certain no, questions I'm not the games we play that our fans <laughs> want to hear from. Um, trying to guide you that direction so they can hear your thoughts and opinions because they listen to you. So they want to hear your thoughts. Henry's going to make between 15 and 18 a year. I don't believe that. Oh, if any running back ever should, it's Derrick Henry. I agree, but he won't. You don't think? 11, maybe. 11? Maybe. Okay. I mean, that's more realistic. That is way more realistic, but somebody's going to overpay for Derrick Henry because they they believe that he put the Titans on their, his back and carried them to the AFC Championship. <laughs> he did. And, you know? <laughs> he did. He really did. He really did. He really did. Um, and with that, he could take that team and carry them on his back to an AFC championship, you can probably get, I don't know, one more, at least one more season out of that. So when you look at Derrick Henry and you're an above-average team, how much will you pay to go to the AFC championship? I think Zeke's getting $15 million a year. Is that correct? Overpaid. Yep, that $15 million, and he was overpaid. Um, Gurley is getting 14 Overpaid. Is that correct? Yep. Overpaid. You, saw, you see what spending that sort of money Agreed. On the running back position does to your team, it it cripples you. So can it I interest you in a Melvin Gordon for eight million a year? That's tempting. Even though Gordon paid very very bad. Well, he also and like I don't came back to... what week week nine week eight on a losing San yeah, Diego Chargers back. team. Yeah, he came back uninterested. He wants his contract. And there's a hundred excuses for why he played so badly. However, I mean, I just you I don't you don't pay running backs. I wouldn't pay. Maybe, maybe I won't be upset if we sign him for eight million dollars. However, I have said last year at the end of the draft that next year we're either going to overpay for a running back or we're going to draft one too high, and you're going to see me flip the desk. And you're putting these thoughts in my head again, dude. If we get Jonathan Taylor in the second round, would you be upset? No, because you'll be no. You know. Okay. All right. Can I interest you? Can I interest? Can I interest you in a Carlos Hyde for two years, seven point five million? I can live with that. I, I would rather go after Jordan Howard for a similar amount of money. Oh, see, I don't, I, really? I mean, if, yeah. Even if it's, I don't know, like a one to two year deal. I just don't want to bring another running back in. Like I just don't want to keep having this turn of running backs and. You know, we finally got out of the blue Miller 2020, right? Like, that's gone. Maybe Miller's coming back. I don't know. Uh, Miller's you coming back. You want to change that to, I mean, Duke Carlos. I like it. I like it. It, it kind of worked out for us, so I'm not, I'm not complaining about it. But if Carlos was two years younger, definitely. Okay. 30-year-old running back, he's not built like LeGarrette Blunt. Agreed. So even even then, 
I would, I would rather not. I'd rather spend a little bit more and go after Howard. But when I say a little bit more, I'm like, like this much? Like, very, very, very little. All right, so let's get into who, who let's do like we did last, last, last week when we did the defense. The defense. The, the defense. Let's do, um, I'll go through the three that I would be okay with assigning that I think are potential targets for this team. And then you do the same thing. Does that work? Okay. That works. All right. So I do think Matt Burita would be would be a very good addition to this team. Um, he he showed at times that he can handle a heavy workload. He does seem to always have some kind of nagging injury, uh, but I wouldn't be upset with a Matt Burita. I'm over Jordan Howard after what I saw early in Philadelphia. I don't want to see struggles early with this team. I am a big fan of Jonathan Williams. That's not my third guy, but I do like Jonathan Williams. Uh, And I guess Peyton Barber? Peyton Barber wouldn't... I wouldn't be upset if Peyton Barber was our guy. He'd be cheap. Um, Those are the three running backs that I think we would potentially go after. But I don't... I, I still... I really honestly don't believe the Derrick Henrys, the Cream Hunts, the Kenyon Drakes, the Melvin Gordon... Um, I mean, what Austin Eckler get? He got four years, $24 million. What's that? 7, 14, 21. That's what, like $5 million a year almost, or $6 million a year? Yeah, but, I mean, Eckler is essentially a slot receiver. So, at that point, it kind of balances out. I'm just saying. Um, running backs that I like, again, Jordan Howard, just because he could be that battering rim. He's only 25. Um, not... Thrilled about it, but I think that you don't have to pay him much of anything. Car- I really, Carlos Hyde would be closer to the top of this list if he was 28 instead of 30. Okay. Um, I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, I'm very much afraid of Carlos Hyde even on a two-year deal. But year to year, if they're paying him around 4 or $5 million, I can live with. Not enthused by it, but we can live with it. Um, honestly... The only other free agent running back, I, I like C.J. Prosize. He's a guy that flashed quite a bit when he was up in Seattle. However, he does the exact same thing Duke Johnson does. Now, if they were actually going to commit to using Duke Johnson more as a feature back, which, you know, I'm all for, then Prosize is, is kind of like, I don't know, um, like a super sub to him. Um, they don't have to change anything. Very similar style players. You just sneeze at process. Who's going to get hurt? That's the problem. That's why you, Seattle, you know, hasn't hasn't held on to him. But if you go back and you look at his first year out of um, out of Notre Dame and his first year with Seattle prior to getting hurt, he 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 put the world on fire for a good stretch there, and then he just constantly got hurt. Another big body running back that I think that you could get cheap would maybe be Devontae Booker. Same sort of thing with running backs. I just think you get a bunch of them, you go bargain shopping, and you roll with them and see who shakes out. Okay, so now let's play the same game that we played last year. Who do you think we are going to sign? And we're going to draft one. You don't think we're going to sign Carlos or Lamar Miller? We're just going to draft one? We're going to draft one. Um if we do not draft one, then Carlos Hyde, when it's, you know, about August and he still hasn't been signed, 
That's why I pick him up. Who, Carlos? Yeah. Carlos isn't going to last that long. Somebody else will sign him before that. Not August. You're putting a you're like you're totally disrespecting what Carlos I did for us last year. I I just think it's a 30 year old running back. I'm not trying to disrespect it, but, but look at Marshawn Lynch and look at Frank Gore. Like look at all these older backs. Like Carlos hat doesn't have a ton of miles on him. No, but he's 30. Yeah, I, I, I forget. Until somebody breaks uh, history. That it's impossible. No, it's never mind again, taking into account that he's only been a, a starter for one season for a, whole, a team since he's been in the league. No, and fair enough. However, it's just kind of his age plus size. Okay. If he was a little bit bigger, those bigger guys can kind of last forever. So we're going to draft a guy, and we're going to go in with the drafted guy, Duke Karan Higdon, and what Taiwan Jones. Because rumblings Probably. are that we're going to sign Taiwan Jones. Yeah. Okay. Not, okay. I I think that if we were to go with most likely to happen, that's it. I think most likely to happen is we sign Carlos Hyde, we draft a running back in the second or third round, and we run with him, Hyde, Duke, and um, Karan Higdon. That's what I think. All right, let's get to wide receivers because uh, – this should be pretty quick as far as the wide receivers go. So here's who we're not signing. Amari Cooper, A.J. Green, Manuel Sanders, <laughs> Robbie Anderson. Now, this one's interesting. Rashard Perryman. We're not signing Larry Fitzgerald. We're not signing Randall Cobb. We're not signing Demarcus Robinson. We're not signing Devin Funches. Oh, God, I could see a stress signing Danny Amendola. Uh, I can also see us signing Keelan Cole because he lit us up before. I can see us signing Keelan Cole. Oh, man. Corey Coleman. That was Bill O'Brien's draft crush a couple years ago. It was rumored that we had him ahead of Fuller on our board. 26. I always get him and Sterling Shepard mixed up. Corey Coleman. So Ster- on, who was the one that was drafted by the Browns? 26. Corey Coleman. It was Corey Coleman, and then he was cut. Yeah, Sterling Shepard was drafted by, by the Giants. Wait, what? Yeah, okay. Sterling, Sterling okay. Shepard was drafted by the Giants. Corey Corey Coleman was drafted by the Browns, broke his hand, like, immediately. And, you know, he's in Cleveland, so Cleveland just sucks your soul out. He got cut. And he just hasn't been able to put it together. Okay. All right. So, same game. Tons of wide receivers available. Uh, there's one name on here that, um, uh, or one name that's not on here that I find somewhat interesting, and that would be so when I'm looking at wide receivers, I'm looking at uh, you mentioned it. We are not going to be able to replace Will Fuller, uh, as Will Fuller isn't just speed. Uh, he's route running. Um, really, that's his biggest thing is the speed combined with the route running. Uh, but if you could replace any aspect of what Will Fuller does, it would be the speed because there are no other speed guys on this team. So when I'm looking at wide receivers in the free agent class this year, I'm looking at speed. And one of the guys that was cut by the uh, Los Angeles Chargers two weeks ago, Travis Benjamin, would be an interesting choice for me. He's speed. He's a home run hitter. He can stretch the field, and he's an okay route runner. 
The other guy would be Brashard Perryman, who I think you could actually get rather inexpensive, even though he did have a good year for the Bucks, uh, because he's only put it together for that one year. He literally was hurt all four or five years with the Ravens. It was kind of nuts. Um, and there's one more. And Keelan Cole. Yeah, Keelan Cole, I think. So I'd go Travis, Benjamin, Keelan Cole, and uh, and Brashard Perryman if, if we were to sign a wide receiver. John, I'll kick it to you. Well, so to avoid redundancy, because I actually agree with you on just about all three of them, I'm going to pick out three other guys. A little bit more. Um, again, I'll, I'll throw Corey Coleman in there just because apparently the trend this year is to see what guys we spend a bunch of time scouting, and we're all convinced that that's now who we're going to go after. So Supposedly. There you go. Supposedly. Players we know. Um, I don't I don't actually I don't believe that at all. But Corey Coleman was intriguing. He's still very very young. If we want a guy that is pure speed, uh, Demir Bird actually was an Olympic hopeful. Um, he's a 27 year old receiver um, that was on the Cardinals. He was previously on the Carolina Panthers. Again, I thought a couple of years back when we me and you had actually talked about Fuller as being a luxury pick. Demir Bird was the guy that I was like, well. Smart organizations would have passed on Fuller, drafted somebody like Demir Bird later on, same sort of speed, similar build, um, but with a better health record and better catch radius at the time. Didn't take really into account his ability to run routes, which in the NFL is what made Fuller, you know, a at least a B-level receiver, whereas Demir Bird is kind of a replacement-level receiver but he can take the top off any defense out there. So if that's all you're looking for, a speed guy that's been around, um, this would be his third contract, he's, he's intriguing. Uh, there's not many that are faster than him. And in that same breath, I need to find one more. Um, let's go with, um, I don't know, Hakeem Grant. Uh, he was a guy that was floated around last year as a, a guy that we were going to target, um, and we didn't, but it's the same reason. He's another speed guy. He's more of a gadget guy. He's not a deep threat, but kind of like toss the ball to him, um, similar to who's the guy on the Bears, why can't I think of his name? Um, Gabriel, like Taylor Gabriel. You would think with that sort of speed that they can run deep, but not really. That's Grant. We all know him from Texas Tech. Same sort of thing. Yep. Okay. Interesting. And uh, your prediction on who we will sign if we sign a uh, wide receiver, or if we don't sign a, if we are going to sign a wide receiver, say that. How, what does the wide receiving core look like uh, come camp? Um, Fuller's sticking around. I agree. Hop's sticking around. Stills is sticking around. Kiki's sticking around, which leaves two spots to bring into camp because we're going to, of course, go with a couple of undrafted camp bodies. So. I would actually, you know what, I'm going to say Demir Bird. Just, again, that speed is kind of rare. And, yeah, go with that. Uh, player, if not Demir Bird himself, someone similar to that. Okay. Um, I think if we do, I don't think we're going to sign a free agent wide receiver outside of, like, somebody that we're not thinking about, like maybe, like, a Danny Amendola or a, you know, Corey Coleman low-risk guys that are looking for one-year deals. Outside of that, I don't think... Was Chris Hogan with the uh, Patriots when Bill O'Brien was? Yes. Was he that old? Yes. 
and he's a free agent. Oh, man. 32. He's a free agent. Right. He may be our camp body. That might be our camp body right there. That's that's possible. Um, I think possibly Rashard Higgins. I think that could be an interesting uh, wide receiver to pick up. But outside of that, I don't. I just don't see us spending a ton of money on wide receivers. I think Fuller's back. If we are, if we're still looking for a slot receiver, I like Austin Carr. Really? Did you pull up some of his tape? Yeah, Austin Carr. Did you pull up some of his tape uh, with the Saints? He was a guy that. Yeah, I remember. You watch him. Yeah, you just watch him, and you're you're just waiting for him to really get his chance. Um, but it never really happened. Yeah, I'm not at the point where, like, I'm looking, like, it, it, I don't know. I don't want another guy, another slot guy to come in and try to learn the system, struggle. He's just kind of a body on the field, not really a threat. Uh, I need Kiki to put that shit together this this time. No kidding. So, if Kiki can just put it together, then. Yeah. All right. Last group, because that's really the only other group that potentially we could sign. This one's probably a bigger bigger question mark for me than it is for um, for wide receivers, but it is the interior guards, or the guards, sorry, I don't know why I said interior of the offensive line, uh, guards. Uh, we won't be signing any of the top three, uh, Joe Thune, Brandon Scherf, and uh, Graham Glasgow. I just, those guys are going to ask for 12 to 13. What, what did uh, what Staffold get? Staffold get last year? You got like what? 9, 10, 11? I believe. I thought he got 13. 13. Okay, so you got 13. Uh, these guys are going to get anywhere, anywhere from 14 to 15 then. Uh, Average annual set already of 11. 11. Okay, so these guys are going to be 13 to 14. I just, I don't know. I don't I don't see us spending that much on a. I, I think Fulton's fine. Uh, I really do. Like I said on the podcast before, not this last one, but if we're complaining about the right guard being our biggest issue, just look back to where we were a year ago when before the season started and we all thought that Deshaun was going to die 27 times last season. Uh, you have two booking tackles. You have a guy in Max Sharping on the left. You have Nick Martin at center who played really well and – Zach Fulton, who is just average. It's okay to have an average, pl- an average player on the offensive line if the other guys are really good. And so far, that's what and we're don't seeing. Forget, and don't forget for Fulton, I mean, there was a long stretch where he was our best offensive lineman. And I think there was a point last year where we kind of talked about where he was the anchor the offensive line was built around. And he's arguably, possibly, even a better center than a guard. Yep. So I just can't see us. I know it makes sense financially if we were capped, strapped, but even with everything else going on, I just don't. I don't see it. It just makes no sense to me until you get a, a guy that is probably easily or oh, not easily. He's at worst. He's at worst an average guard and average center. Yeah, I, it doesn't make any sense to me. At worst. Honestly, it's not like we're paying a crazy amount of money. No, we're paying seven million dollars a year, like for an average starter at at, at guard. I, I don't really, I don't know. I know a lot of people. Like I was thinking just now. Like honestly, I don't even want to go through the rest of the guards because I I just don't see us doing it. Maybe there's a depth signing, but if that's the case, like Senio at three million a year, like why would you cut him to sign another below average guard? I just I don't know. 
I don't want to talk about. No, the if we now. do if we do anything with guards, it's the only point that I'd make is we're going to look for a guy like Austin Teat, who was a failed first round pick that has those physical traits that you look for, and he would be a project. Again, just a another high ceiling guy that we can kind of drop in there and develop. Not a guy that we are counting on to come in and start. Well, so the anything. What about Alex Boone, who's trying to make a comeback right now? No. Um. No. Okay. I don't think so. Not unless there's an injury in camp. I think we're just going to draft a guy later. That's going to be a camp body that's developed, and this, with one of our seventh round picks, is kind of what I think is going to yeah. happen. I, I just don't see us spending money now. If 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 the market is 11 million, like it was last year for Saffold, and you can get a Glasgow for 11 to 12 million, and you cut Fulton, okay, sure, pay the extra five to ensure that you have a top tier right guard, I'm all for it. But I don't know. I just I don't see it. I really don't. I think continuity also in the offensive line is just a big piece. And Yeah, I, I think we're going to shoot for continuity this year. All right. Uh, all right. Before we get out of here, um, CBA. So by, so by the time we're back next week, free agency will be going on. Um, free agency will be going on. The transition franchise tags will be out, and we will potentially be having a new CBA. What are your thoughts? I don't want to get into the logistics of or like the the formalities of the CBA, but what are your thoughts on the outcome of the CBA vote? I think it's going to pass because there's already guys out there saying that they wish they could change their vote. So there's enough people out there that have have voted and now regret it. So to me, I could be wrong, but I think it's going to pass. And it's a lot of get. I mean, the players' union, the NFL players' union, does not have the power of the Major League Baseball players' union. And I get it because of the situation that they're in and with football. Like you just, most of these guys play for maybe two years. They don't have a lot of savings. This is their chance to get their money. If they lock out the players for a vast majority of the NFL, that's half their career gone. So they're going to try and get theirs while they can, and you can't fault that mindset. Go out there, get yours while you can. But you look and see that all the stars, all the guys that have that kind of security are against it. A lot of the things that have been floated around were the players wish that they could change their vote now that they've sat and thought about it. So we'll see. I I think it's going to pass, but I don't think the players are going to be too happy about it. Yeah, I think it's going to pass as well. There's just too many. The numbers are in the favor uh, for the you know majority of the league, just given the way that the pay structure is. Um, while I think it's unfortunate, as I would love to see uh, a – NFL, where the players have the owners by the balls, I think that would be, while it would suck to not have a season, right, I think it would be very cool to see that the players were able to flip it around and turn it on them. The the, the issue is that it's just, 
the players would be missing out on so much money and the owners would be fine. And so the owners know this. The players can't take that risk. Um, I think it was, what, 65% of the league last year were on my, uh, were on um, uh, minimum contracts. So uh, it, it, it's, it's geared towards them because the owners know that that's, that's where they're going to win right now. If they can get that 65, they don't have to worry about the other 35. Um, well, I'm also worried about it being too lopsided towards the owners, and this is what's going to eventually cause them to have a shortage of players. When you see the amount of people out there that kind of talk about how they're going to keep their kid out of football, this was the player's chance. To me, what I thought would have made sense was, A, trading more practice time for guaranteed health insurance for the rest of your life. Like, if you played a full season in the NFL, so if you ended up playing 16 games, you should never have to pay for health insurance ever again in the rest of your life. And the NFL can afford that. Like, that's not that big of a price tag for these players. Yep. And maybe held out for something like a developmental league or something like that so the guys could have a chance to make money longer. Where we get more football and we get better football as fans. And guys are less afraid to have their kids play football. And to me, in a perfect world, that's how it would work out. But that's not how it's going to work out. It's going to work out in a way the owners get more money. The players get a little bit more money in the short term. And, you know, I mean, they're all still going to be rich, but I think that they lost a golden opportunity to kind of reshape the game for the next decade. And that's honestly my biggest fear. It's like I'm just terrified that my little boy, when he's 13, 14, 15, there won't be an NFL for him to, to love the way that we do. Yeah. Like me and you will still be watching it 10 years from now, but will our kids? I don't know. I mean, not when they're watching Lakers win championships in the NBA. Why? Like, why? You know? I suffer. Like, you know, when small ball's not working, you can just watch the Lakers. So, um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, no. All right. John's quiet now, so that's my cue. All right, guys, make sure you guys go to Eventbrite, look up, uh, search Texans Unfiltered for the draft party at Spindle Tap Brewery in Houston, Texas, Texas um, on 424 at 6 p.m. It's going to be a great event. Looks like John's possibly going to be there, which would be awesome. Um, but, yeah, if not, it'll be me and it'll be Cody and Pat and, oh, you guys almost got me to say the names of the players, and uh, some other people. So, uh, make sure you guys go do that. Go get tickets because we are uh, we're, we're capped, so it's at a 250 person cap. So uh, if you guys are really interested in going, make sure you guys get your tickets. With that being said, we will be back next week talking, taking a deep dive into all the big free agents the Houston Texans sign next week during free agency. Hopefully, we have something to talk about. Like that, fingers are just crossed that. We have something. Oh, yeah, dude. Carlos Hyde's back. I mean, Whenever we sign, we're, we're going to make a big deal out of it. Yeah. But at least let's, let's hope that it's worth making a big deal about it. I really don't want to do a deep dive into the CJ process. I mean, I can, but I, I, don't, I don't want to. <laughs> we, we, need to get a, uh, we need to get a sound effect for when we announce each free agent that was signed. Because I have a feeling we should make it like a really big, like obnoxious noise. That's awesome, and then it just be, just 
in Carlos Hyde's back and Bradley Roby's back <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> the Lermy Tunzel sign. Oh, uh, all right, guys, with that being As said. Always, before you say goodbye to everybody, I want to thank everybody that joined us in chat again. Always appreciate y'all. Y'all have, I think, added something great to the show. Yep. So, again, we broadcast every Tuesday at 9. Please join us in chat. It really does add something to it. Yeah, and thank you guys for the guys that have been here every week since we started. Giovanni, uh, Preston, Eric, uh, all you guys. That's awesome. So thank you guys for, for being here with us during that, Jeremy. Uh, yeah, and go to anchor.com. Uh, feel free to support us if you think that we're worthy of the cause. Uh, but if not, no big deal. We'll still be here. Uh, and with that being said, I'm Young Ari Gold signing off for Texans Unfiltered. We will catch you guys next week. Loved this episode of Texans Unfiltered? We'd love for you to be a Patreon supporter. Your support allows us to provide you with the best Texans podcast possible. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoustonFBPod and everywhere podcasts can be found. And join our community on www.texansunfiltered.com or on Discord at Texans Unfiltered. Thank you for listening. Until next time.